is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Nice to have your company on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. This is episode 19 of series 7 of the sounding board for, for Drinkwise. And uh, we're in the special whiz-bang trade radio studio today as we speak on this Monday afternoon of this particular week. Hello Back to you. you've applied your craft over the years, Damo. Yeah. Not that anyone cares listening at home, but uh, nice to speak to you. Nice to see you in the flesh. It is. It's How are you been... feeling? You've had a couple of days off, have you? Have I you? have. I had, a th- had three days in bed. So, uh, so not you I... missed your Saturday radio show? I did. Not, And I missed – How's this is the worst one. I apologise. I went to Perth specifically for the Perth Wildcats ball, which is a huge part of the Perth community and an, an incredible fundraiser and a, a gala occasion and the MVP night and the chance to celebrate everything Perth Wildcats and due to make a speech and obviously be part of the night. And I was so sick I couldn't go. So I stayed in the venue in bed and couldn't go. You so went to Perth for an event and didn't go to the event. Couldn't go to the event, which was you know awfully uh, disappointing and embarrassing. So I apologise to everyone. Not that anyone really missed me, by the way, but I apologise to everyone who did go um, because it was not ideal. So I missed radio and I missed the event and missed all day Sunday and missed a couple of missed a bunch of meetings and uh, you know struggled back today to uh, get there for TV tonight, but still not 100%, but well enough to join you today. We're recording this Monday night, by the way. Yes, we are, as, as the um, Queen's birthday game is still being uh, in its final uh, final few moments here, Hutchie. So, lot to get through today. I don't know where to start, as is often the case. Uh, Rebel Wilson, Bailey Smith, Stephen May. Um, there's, a, there's a whole lot to wade through. I, I think the Rebel Wilson topic, Hutchie, um, might be sort of a, a reasonable start point for us. And, and as we speak, only an hour ago, there's been an update on it. So I'll quickly attempt to set it up and, and maybe you jump in as well as, uh, as I do, as I do. But uh, an article in the Sydney Morning Herald publications uh, in, in the past week, certainly since we last spoke on, the, on this particular product, uh, an article about a relationship that Rebel Wilson, um, famous Australian um, actor, and, and having a, a same-sex relationship that the SMH wanted to, by way of design, uh, report on. And a whole lot of correspondence between the, the journalist Andrew Hornery, uh, Rebel Wilson herself, who then um, jumped the gun on the uh, article, so to speak, in, in that media terminology and and put the information out herself. And then the actual product, the, the SMH and the journalist in question, not liking that and, and going back into print with a, a background of events. Now, Hutchie, as we speak, as I said, we're speaking on Monday afternoon. Only an hour ago, Andrew Hornery has now apologised effectively for, for the entire saga and it's given a whole new context. Had we recorded this show only uh, two hours ago, we would have been talking about this in a different light, but that there has been an advance on the on the entire story. Yeah, and there was a big outcry for towards the SMH and towards Andrew Hornery. And Andrew, uh, I would say it's an, an apology of sorts. Right. He certainly clarified the things that he thought he did wrong in the process. And uh, he said that as a gay man himself, he can empathise with the situation that Rebel found herself in. And he shared a bit of context of why he thought it was in the public interest. So, I mean, not 97% of the free world would say this was out of line. Yeah. And would be um, aghast at it. And, and, and the tone, Hutch, you know, and sometimes we've got to get the phrases right from the very outset, but the tone of it is that there was an attempt or at least yeah. a perceived attempt from some to Hold out the, the relationship. Yeah. 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 So yeah. And I think a couple of things here. First of all, in journalism, my experience, Damo, is when any time anyone asks you to put something in writing, it, it really ends well. 
like it, it just makes the whole situation more combative. Yep. And so he he was asked to send off a list of you know what he's what he's actually the publisher said you send us what you want to know and a list of questions, and so he sent that off. And then that was interpreted as a, you know, we, and he said, well, we ideally need a response by the end of the day. There's that a was, deadline on the, yeah. yeah. And well, which, was, which, which in that part of it, Hutchie, we, we've, I mean, I think every single journalist in some form has been on a deadline. Yep. So I, I don't have a major a, issue with that. That was interpreted as an aspect as of a it. Threat. As a threat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and so Rebel posted on Friday. And then, so a couple of things here. So he's entitled to put the question to Rebel and her people. That I, I know that your sexuality is a very unique and individual thing. Yeah. But we've talked about this in the past on the sounding board. Sometimes people actually want a platform to talk about it and maybe ready, and you might just ring at the right time on the right yep. day. And if he had said, look, I'm aware of this, don't worry, I know it's private business, I'm not going to do anything about it, but if you want a platform to talk about it and you're at the point where you felt comfortable, we're here and we'd like the story, obviously. I think that's a reasonable approach, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, again, the, the relationship aspect. I, I'm fortunate enough, Hutchie, to not um, need to be in this journalistic space, and and I, I don't care for who people choose no, to it's not willingly you and I would do see. Yeah, or need to do these uh, days. But yeah, I think as long it, as someone's happy in whatever relationship it is, that's all. If you're a gossip columnist, yeah, that's yep. your job. Yep, you've got uh, information about people. That's your yep. That's your job. Like it, like it or not then you're entitled to ask the question. But I do think you absolutely have to protect the privacy of that if the answer is no, we don't want to talk about that or it's not in your interest. Or I think you've got to leave it there. Once you ask the question? Yeah. 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 I think it's yep. absolutely a person's own right. There was a toys out of the cot element to it, though, wasn't there, when, oh, when Rebel the herself yeah. so then the, the second thing is the, beat the, deadline the mistake, question. He, mistake yeah. he made, clearly, was writing the woe is me story. And the woe is me story was, well, why does she do this on her own public platform? Here's what happened. Here's how I had the yarn. We've talked about this a little bit with journalists. Yep. There's a lot of journalists who, who are so disappointed they didn't get the story they knew. They write a retrospective piece. That, oh, look, yep. as you know, it happened only last week in AFL. Herald Sun did it. Oh, well, Monday night, the Herald Sun put a bunch of questions to Melbourne. To Melbourne Footy Club. They we did gave that. them a three o'clock deadline the next day. The Melbourne released it at 1.20. Mm. Well, at the end of the day, you didn't get the story. You may have known about it first, but you didn't break it first, and no one really cares. No one cares the reasons the why you ran second. Yeah, yep. I don't think those uh, reflective yarns serve uh, any purpose. And I did them yeah. myself. Oh, I've twice. done them myself. Yeah. Actually. yeah, I mean, I yeah, they I, serve no purpose, yep. and all you come across as is scorned. The public have no sympathy for journalists. Well, at they just all. don't care. And in this particular instance, and quite rightfully, it's her own personal life yeah. and your sexuality. Even if you are yet to determine it. Um, in its full, is entirely your own business. Mm. If it was a if it was a traditional relationship, I think it's probably fair game to Hollywood star. If it's a a non traditional relationship or a, a a new version of a relationship for her that um, she's exploring, it's entirely in her right. Yep. To to talk about it or not, and to have it known or not, that would be where I draw the line. What, yeah. what do you think, Dave? Yeah, I, I, there's nothing you've said there that I'm. Um in in uh, in disagreement with um, the, the the final stage is the the expansive um, retrospective. Uh, uh, there is an apology component to what what you're referring yeah, to. Well, there. I think I, you had no choice. Like the well, that's the, the backlash yeah. aspect of it, isn't it? I think that's caused this, and and, and the editor too um, had had been on yeah. on on social media supportive of, of Andrew Thornery's yeah. work, and, and the papers uh, was very defensive about I, how it initially got to this point. And I think sometimes with a story that you get. 
you know, I, I, the word excited is not appropriate, but they would have got a little bit excited about that story. I don't think that they would have gone, here's something new about a big star. Yep. He would have had, uh, he, he, I believe him when he would have been, you know, happy for her and excited and, you know, it comes, he's obviously had his own journey. Yep. But they would have convinced, a lot of convincing yourself sometimes goes on in these situations. And one of the things they would have convinced themselves is, well, hang on a minute. Rebel Wilson always complained that Re the Woman's Day never went to her. They never gave her a chance. How would they know? How would you know what she thinks? You know, it's poor journalism. She said in court when you don't approach someone and ask for their opinion or their or their view. And so, yes, we will talk to her about this, and we will go to her, and we will ask the question. Yeah. And who knows? She might just be saying. Yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's to your point. And we and I regularly both agree on this too. You've you've often, if we can remove even this Rebel Wilson specific um, aspects of this conversation, but you. You often just have to ask the question to know to know there either is or isn't an answer coming. Yeah, I think yeah. You, you just sometimes you make a call to rule things out rather than in. Yeah, but that's often missed by the subject of the story, by the way. But that's another story for another day. So, yeah, I think the the biggest mistake was the column you wrote saying, "Yep, what you know, how could you do this to me?" And I think it's a it's a reasonable example in 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 a twenty twenty two sense, Hutchie, of journalists being required to be accountable. I mean, there's a lot of Talk isn't there out there in the? I think in the general masses who who feel at times media and and individuals within organisations get away with with certain activities and and actions. But I, I, look, you and I have a different view to that. I think as a collective that that you are ultimately held accountable for every action you make. And the social media part of this has got uh, a big role to play, and it has clearly played a, a massive role in in this story changing so dramatically in the space of probably uh, eighteen hours, and or if not eighteen hours, thirty six hours. Yeah. So I th hopefully um, it's okay, and Ripple doesn't feel too too bad about it now, and everyone can move on. But yeah, it's it's always an interesting. Like as we've talked about along the way here, um, journalism is not an exact science. Uh, I want to start another conversation with you for Mosh Men's Online Online Health Platform, making health easy. Uh, providing Aussie men with clinical treatment for hair loss, sexual health, and more, all online, of course. And it is Men's Health Week, so we'll catch up with our friends at Mosh a little bit later on in the week. Um, one of the areas of good journalism, I think, that's underrated is journalism. It's journalists that pick a motivated interview subject and right. lend them a favourable ear. Right. Okay. I like when you introduce these types of topics, Hachi, particularly when I don't know what's about to come next. So there's people that just never speak or rarely speak or are hard to get, but sometimes they are in the middle of a spot, a bother or a bit of trouble or they need to clarify something. Yeah. And you've got to find and pick a time when they might be motivated to speak. Yeah. An example of that in my career, not to sound like going back over all the old um, typewriter files again. <laughs> the war stories. But the two-hour sit-down I got with Gary Ablett Sr. at the church in Geelong was entirely on the back of him being disgruntled at how he's portrayed on the Channel 9 News on the Saturday night by being seen to be reaching for cash for the Geelong 150-year anniversary or whatever it was. And he was so fuming that he needed to actually clarify that. And as a result of me giving him five or ten minutes on that, I got 50 or 60 minutes to my own benefit. And it's an interview I'll never forget. And I was able to ask him, you know, everything. And I think it was the last sit-down proper television interview that he did. Yep. And I'm not – so I was just – I'm not saying I was any good at it. I was giving one example – that Gary Ablett never speaks, but on that day, he's a motivated interview subject. I saw one last week with, I thought this was terrific producing. Um, just confirmed the kid Leroy will be at the project desk tonight to talk about his Melbourne cancellation and tell us why he's back and ready to entertain. <laughs> 
uh, want to be on the in the audience. And then so Kid Leroy comes off like the wrong way by leaving the crowd stranded on Friday night. Cancelled it uh, 20 minutes after it was meant to start. Yeah, Rod Laver Arena. Full house. So he's got this brilliant brand. He's loved among young people and they've booed the house down and they've all gone home and kids have walked outside and they've got to ring their parents who are out for the night themselves because they left the kids at Kid Leroy and how are we going to get an Uber home and there's no, no the surcharges on. It was mayhem. So his brand took a mini, mini, mini hit on the night. I would suspect that Channel 10 went, He's a guy who needs a platform to say, sorry, things are going to be okay. And that's how it's pitched to the publicist. What yep. you'll find is a very favourable panel who are going to say, these things happen, we understand. It's good and to he, see he's a big name, Hutchie. Uh, it may, his name may be lost on a, on a few of our audience. I'm aware of his talents because uh, one yep. of my sons, um, yeah, was big on his uh, music uh, some years ago before he became massive. So, yeah, he's huge. The TV uh, platform gets the win, gets the interview. Looks like it was an exclusive and the subject uh, gets the opportunity to clear the air. And I, I always look for it. I look for it. Motivated. <laughs> there was one on 60 Minutes last night. Did he? Did two, he seg- get- two segments on Kiss last night. Oh, was it? And uh, Sarah Abdo did a fantastic job, but she was in Paris with him and then in London with him. And I was thinking, what point of this story are they going to announce the Australian tour? And then, sure enough, I was going to say, later yeah. this year, they'll be arriving. Like, that's a. That's- this, this will be their. Um- Fifth or sixth final Australian tour? Yep. I think. It's a terrific story, but I would think sixth. Seventh or eighth, maybe? I wouldn't necessarily think that Kiss had a publicist who was smart enough to look six months out on the tour schedule and say, who can we pitch ourselves to down in Australia? But maybe, just maybe, um, Nine reached, Sarah Abdo reached out and said, I see you coming in six months. If you guys fly me over <laughs> to London and Paris and give me an inside of the, of the band and do the whole thing and put the costumes on behind the scenes. And the, I need Gene as a sit-down. doesn't work without him. Uh, I'll give you two segments on 60 Minutes Australia. And so you hit the motivated interview subject. Yep. Are they really going to do that on a normal day? If they're, not, if they're not coming to Australia for another four years, does Sarah Abdo get the, get the sit-down? Uh, no chance. Did Bailey Smith use a motivated interview type of activity to, to, he, to well, add to his story of the past uh, three days? He did. He handled it well. I'm not familiar with the backgrounds to the Herald Sun no, and, interview. And I didn't... Oh, I don't mean this to sound disparaging. I didn't recognise the author either. No, either did I. And but what it was we'll a great do is yeah. call that story so up as we please, speak please because I didn't either. And I, maybe I should have, but I, I didn't. Um, please credit the author. It was a fantastic I'm about get. to call it up now. Yes, just to, to officially... It was Grace, Grace Baldwin. Grace yep. Baldwin. Yep. So Grace Baldwin, well done. Correct. That's a great, that was the one interview you, everyone wanted. That's a great interview. And What have you made of it, Hutchie? So, so again, for those who don't follow AFL and, and listen to us for, for other reasons, um, as, as big a profiled athlete I think there's been in the AFL system for since he's Tony Modra in the – I reckon the 1990s. Now, that, that may be subjective, but he's three and a half seasons into a, to an AFL career. He is immediately identifiable with his massive hair. Um, his ability has been the important part of the whole story. Everyone loves him. No one has a bad word to say about him. Um, social media on Saturday morning of the week in question had released uh, images and videos of him with drugs and engaging around drugs. And within two hours, he'd uh, basically admitted it, uh, doubled down, to use your phrase, on the apology and totally owned every aspect of the wrongdoing to it. It was a 101. We've talked about this strategy on here over here a long time. He totally diffused it. Yep. In fact, I would go as far as to say, and I don't mean this to sound make light of his situation because it's it's not anyone doing drugs is not a, a not a good day for anyone and not a good look for anyone and and un, entirely unacceptable. I, I would go far as to say that such is the mental health and angst issues of 
the teenage world and their better empathy and understanding for it, that it was brand neutralising at worst and branded even brand enhancing at best. I agree with that. Uh, yeah, I've I'm I'm, a, I'm already subscribing to that part like of he, this story. He connects with young people so differently. Yep. Um, and his vulnerability is part of that appeal. Yep. And he's uh, he's got lots of appeal to young people, but he's teenagers are obsessed with him, and he's 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 they are a more vulnerable generation. They have a greater understanding of anxiety, of mental health. I think they're more open about it too than of their own fragility, of their own struggles. And to see their hero go through it, put his hand up, own it, face the music, mm. I reckon it's hard. It's a hard thing to say out loud. I think it's almost brand enhancing. Yeah, and yeah, I agree with that, and I've, I, I do subscribe to that view, Hutchie. The just a couple of things with him. He wouldn't want to do it four times a year, but oh, it's, he wouldn't want to do it again. Yeah. No, that's the second time will, will, would be an it would issue. Would be a different story, but he, he's he only, handled it so well. Yeah, he's only some things I think need to be just um, said to remind people. He only turned twenty one in December of last year. I mean, just just think about that aspect of it. He's had three and a half seasons of football, he's missed one game and until this recent suspension for another reason, a headbutt on the field, which was also out of character, but missed one game in three and a half seasons of, of footy and, and, and resonates with his own um, age demographic. Like I, I can't yeah. recall anyone resonating on mass like this guy. Do you think our generation, you know, you and I, when you're, I'm 47, you're 51. 50, 51. Do you think we're more out of touch with that generation now than our parents were with us uh, good question. I mean, you, it is, it's, it's such a, good a question. changing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, we're, it's probably we're, we are relative. low heat today, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We are. But I think at the same time, there's a there's an awareness of of aspects of of what is in their lives. I, I feel I, I don't. I'm not going to claim to know what's going on in every minute of of, of someone that age's yeah, life. A, but a digital existence is uh, yeah. Is, and 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 that's the other side of this story too, isn't it? I mean, it's again. Let, let's talk about it from the media side of it, Hutchie, because we've just dealt with the apology and the, and the behaviour in which he's committed to change. But he's become massive on 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 a social media platform, and yet it was social media which which chipped away at he, at that very profile. In, in an attempted negative fashion for, for a couple of hours on Saturday. And as we've seen these stories unfold and, and sometimes you you just don't know where they're going to go at a certain point in time. Um, within, I'd say, three hours of, of these videos and photos surfacing effectively out of nowhere, and he only had a two-and-a-half, three-day window of knowledge of photos existing and about to be released, he he took the story away from that um, unknown zone as to where it goes. We, we know where it goes now. He, he's going to speak to the AFL this week, get a, a sanction of sorts um, to add to the other sanction he's already got for the head. But he'll be back playing footy by round 18. And I'd imagine the way he prepares for a game will come back as, as good as ever yeah, and, 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 and will commit to change. Yeah, no doubt. And yeah, so it's it's a, it's a symbol of the change. And, and it almost makes the AFL's illicit drug policy now redundant, doesn't it? Like it's, and if it wasn't already, like that, that needs to be. I think you know my views on that. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting, Brett Deledi on the ABC today, who said that he had a different view. That He, he said that uh, – I read the um, social clip immediately. I didn't hear the audio, but he said that we're, we're too light on on drug use in footy. He doesn't understand why people yeah. would do it as professional athletes, and he thinks we're, we're too lenient. So it, it is still a polarising – He's on his own on that yeah. view. And, and oh, look, I feel, Hutchie, and this is not something that makes me a lot of friends around the game, but – I feel there's been a conditioning of, of footballers to know you can partake in drugs and for it not to be a oh, public oh, issue no under that system. No, there is under yeah. this system there is zero deterrent. Yeah. 
the players, the players that do, the, the consequences aren't even a factor. Yep. And so that is the gap, isn't it? That is, yeah. Is what, and, your... and again, we're not going to get too caught up in in the specifics of this uh, drug taking because this is obviously an illicit drug. Um, it's not under the performance enhancing component because it was out of season. Um, in fact, it was after the grand final in that period of time. And again, let's not get too bogged down in, in the fact there's two different drug codes and or drug policies at the AFL, the performance enhancing one, which is the, 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 the on-field component, and then you've got this separate one, the, the illicit drugs policy, as they call it, but I think it's more a drugs code of conduct. How are you, by the way, on the kangas? Are you hanging in there? The kangaroos or the shin or the, uh, well, the bonus spirit yeah. or what are they the uh, yeah. fighting spirit, as they're now called? Well, there's no fighting spirit uh, in what they dish up every weekend. So I, want, I don't want you to... I know, I don't, I know this is an easy place for you to vent, but I just want to ask you. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you've raised it. I haven't honest, honest, Honestly, how are you feeling about it? Is it getting really hard? No, it's not because... You're frustrated? Been, oh, f- frustrated for, for, for the decisions that were made by certain people some years ago, which were never going to work, and then those people exiting when it all got a bit hard. Who are they? Ben Buckley, Glen Archer. Just just made decisions that, that changed the direction of the club because they felt it needed to, and which is their right to do. Don't ever get me wrong on that. But then to uh, move Brad Scott out after just 18 months of a three-year recontracting to then replace him with Reece Shaw, who barely lasted one year as, as coach without any proper um, process around that after three other coaches said no to them, they being Alastair Clarkson, John Longmire, Adam Simpson, former North Melbourne people, successful coaches elsewhere, and then they remove Reshaw and then they get Paul Ruse in, who's a consultant at distance at best. And, and the outcome of part of that negotiation is that David Noble comes in. I don't know whether David Noble can or can't coach. Where are you on it? On, on him? Yeah. Oh, he's in massive trouble. I mean, he's now got a record worse than Mark Neild, who lasted 18 months at, at Melbourne and was considered the worst ever. And the record, he hasn't, he's won the same amount of games in. So would you make a move? I don't even know if it's the problem because it's not as simple as that, is it? And I'm not evading the question or avoiding the question because that, you could remove the coach, you could remove the CEO, you could remove the chairperson, you could remove the board, and, and I'm not sure anything's going to change dramatically. I mean, yeah. he, he needs support that he doesn't have. I, I've seen enough. I don't think he's the guy. Yeah, well, that yeah. that yeah. so you, you'd make the call now? If, if you've made that observation, do you make the call now? Yeah, I, I would make it soon. Yeah. I, I, I mean, but, I, but what happens though? You then go through another... Supposedly well, proper process, and you, and then you bring the next David Noble in, who was sold as the perfect person, the Chris Fagan type of appointment that yep. North celebrated. Well, that's that's true, but you can't let perfect get in the way of better. You've got to try and keep improving, and you can argue that he hasn't had the right tools, right players, the right support, the right people around him to tell him. And you argue that he'd be better with the second, third, fourth time around. Yeah. But what's that say to the people who have made and been, been central just, to decisions to remove Brad Scott, to get reshore in and then make this decision on David Noble? There's some people who have been there for the whole duration. And, and to all those people, and I think you think I'm overly critical of Ben Buckley and Glen Archer, but I, I don't yeah. think I am because they chose to change. A, a, again, they they on the board chose to recontract Brad Scott for those three years you know, to make it a 10 or 11-year tenure, but but then sacked him or, or moved him out or exited him out 18 months into that three-year recontracting. They, they changed their decisions yeah. on the uh, run. One, one of the hard things, and Ben Mafia, this would be going through Ben Mafia's mind, one of the hard things is that when you choose the person, you're kind of indelibly linked to them. Yeah. Like, you're, it's a big decision you make as a CEO. Now, I reckon you're entitled to get get one wrong as a CEO. Like, CEOs make mistakes. But if, can, can you get one wrong so quickly, though? But in that 
In Ultimately, that, Kane Little fell on that, his sword, didn't he? In that spot. When Luke Sayers said, you're out on the David... If, on, on the, um, if Ben arrives at the point that he, that he thinks David isn't the guy, he has to have the courage to, to, to act and to live with the consequences of that. If who thinks he's not? Ben Amafio. Yeah. He can't... But fit. it's not his decision. The CEO doesn't make the call on well, the Well, I think he puts a recommendation up, doesn't he? But how's it... Okay, how's that look, though? Because he, he put his name up. He put David Noble yeah, up. Yeah, but... I, I, I think, didn't he? I think sometimes you're going to be able to say, look... Or maybe he didn't, this isn't, this Maybe isn't, he didn't. This, this isn't working. Don't blame, no, me, blame yeah. me, blame anyone. But, you know, the easy thing to do is sit and let this run its course. Yeah. The harder decision is to try something new. Yep. Hachi, yeah. what, what have you made of the, the Melbourne Footy Club situation? And, and again, as we speak, uh, yep. it's in the last quarter of this Queen's birthday uh, game and it's a really close game, as people will uh, no doubt know once they're listening to us, they'll know the result. But uh, interesting week, isn't it? And An interesting way of dealing with it. They attempted to downplay the severity of the clash between Jake Melksham and Stephen May, a fisticuffs outside a, a Paran restaurant two Sundays ago. And they, they released some information um, themselves on their own platforms. They put Stephen May up with their own camera and cut up a nice little video package of him being remorseful and apologetic and saying and all the right things. Yep. And then drip by drip by drip by drip, more detail came out of that night and yep. the build-up to that explosion of, of ego and, and, and alcohol-affected uh, people. It looks like they didn't get told the full story initially, though, too, doesn't it? Don't you think there's an element oh, of... Is it also they didn't want to know the full story, too, and just hopefully move on and we'll, well give it a bit and we'll oh, say that someone hit someone? And I, On this one, I kind of have a feeling that, he, that no one sort of coughed up the whole thing. A teammate hit a teammate in the head in a, in a street in Melbourne. In a, I mean, there's, in a, there's in a, a great restaurant, by the way. It's just moved there. It's... <laughs> <laughs> it does. Only the other day, Damo, it's a good spot. Uh, <laughs> it's impractical to think that that doesn't leak the next day at a, at a popular place like that, mm. in a popular street yeah. like that. And then you've got the added layers of, of the the person who, who who laid the punch on Stephen May, who, who's got a reputation for being a very good boxer in Jake Melksham, having not just one but two medical procedures to yeah. drain the infection out of his hand. Now, that usually happens when you make contact with the saliva or the teeth of the person you've hit. So yeah. it's it's a sizable. Yeah. Oh, well, that, that again, I, well, yeah, yeah, I'm, assu- I'm assuming that. I'm assuming that, actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, look, I thought they could have gone harder earlier. If on, look, let's let's say you're right. If they knew all the facts, shop early and avoid the rush. Go harder <laughs> and earlier on Monday. This happened last night. This is all that we know. We're really disappointed. We're standing both players down pending an investigation for at least one week. Yep. Because Jake's not going to play next week anyway. Why would you? What? Why would you suspend Stephen May for a week and then and not Melksham? Because Melksham's not going to play anyway. You say that Melksham will be available for VFL selection, so will Stephen May or something like that. Yeah. And, and and just go early and and be honest and upfront. And cause it, it did it probably added two more days to it. And then it compounds with the the drip by drip leak that the Herald Sun yeah. are accessing. The Michael Warner stories from yeah. the Which which you can see quite clearly where Simon Goodwin tried to lay the blame on that on the weekend. Didn't you? He said you can join the dots. He ruled out the people it wasn't. He said, "Have you joined the dots?" Well, there's no dots to join. He's 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 inferring that's the former chairman because he's ruling everyone else out. You might need to be careful on that. He's very litigious. Yeah, but that's I'm not not my words. That's he's he's in, that's the inference, right? Hmm. And so, well, well um, Gillan McLaughlin ruled himself out too. Yeah, and I think he effectively ruled Richard Goyder yeah. out too. And, and I'm sure Glenn would rule himself out too. So. Yeah, look, it's um, it's not going to go away. Yeah, it was. I noticed in the Herald Sun 
text exchange. This was fascinating to me, the Herald Sun text exchange, which between Glenn Bartlett and the President Kate Rothy last week, they had a full exchange of text messages and it said in the copy that the Herald Sun accessed these texts exchange as part of a uh, settlement with... Did it say that? Glenn. I, I didn't realise that was in print. In, in order to better tell his side of the, along those lines. Mm. So they, they had made inferences about him. He challenged it. Yes. And then in the, in the whack-up of the, got to write your side of this, they accessed those texts. I didn't know there was a reference to I'm that. I'm going to find you the exact line on that okay. by the time I... I was told that was the case. I wasn't actually aware that was actually in, in print within the article. Um, but... So that, and is, that, is that a regular thing that happens? In, I haven't seen that before. No, I haven't seen that before either. Have you no. been part of a legal dispute like that where you've actually accessed a good news story out of it? No. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't well, fall in your I lap mean, that way. <laughs> no. If you want to take out the really harsh personal side of this for a minute and just focus on the journalism for that. That's fantastic journalism. If Michael Warner got himself involved in that l- legal outcome and said, well, by the way, I, as a state knows here, can you get this text exchange? I'll really help you. Why don't you pitch that to him? It was genius. As you uh, go looking for that, um, this is a, a far from serious footy topic, Hachi, but one that I've um, long thought to, to, to be something that should have happened. AFL coaches... I, you and I have touched on this, and we're not fashion people by, by any stretch. We, we both know that, and people will have that observation of us. But the heavily logoed polo shirt tucked into the black or dark blue suit pants with leather belt and black leather shoe look, I think it's got to go. What? <laughs> Why is that on I, your mind? I just think it is the single worst fashion look you could ever see. <laughs> and And as such, I, I'm calling... I'm calling for the reintroduction of the suit-wearing AFL coach. What? Why is this a thing for you? Because I just hate the polo into the suit pants look, Hutchie. <laughs> and I know it's been around now for probably the best part of 20 years. Surely that's not an issue for you. I think the next coach that do to do what they used to do, Dennis Pagan used to wear a suit. Remember that? In the, in the 90s, he used to wear a suit. Yeah. Well, the, the difference is... The commercial opportunities are so hard for clubs that they need every asset they can get their hands nah, on. No, yeah, there's ways around that. And one of the assets is polos and coaches and appearance. I, well, I, I think it's... Well, I'm not sure. I'm a commercial guy, you know, so I'm, <laughs> I'm on the polo side of things. Of course you are. The suit looks better. Sure it does. I agree. But I'm not sure, to use the the, the example of the man we just spoke about, David Noble wearing a whole heap of um, sponsors' labels on. He's a tie right now is doing anything too much for those particular brands, given how badly that club's going. Would you... Agree with that. There's no positive messaging out anything that is coming out of that joint at the moment. Oh, yeah, you're a hard man. I've just found this uh, paragraph. I remiss me not to bring this to the table properly today, Damo. Michael Warner wrote, The text messages were obtained by the Herald Sun as part of a dispute which has been resolved, with the Herald Sun acknowledging Bartlett should have had the opportunity to comment at the time of Rothy's assertions concerning his criticisms of the team and Exeter's president when they were published by the paper last September. Bartlett also received backing for his Wheaties comments from Pert, senior footy official Alan Richardson, and the senior coach himself. So that is actually a square-up article hmm. on the legal, which has turned into but an explosive getting, news story. you're getting back-page stories out of the settlement. Is so, a settlement an okay word to so, use it? So what, clearly what's happened is Bartlett has said, you're inaccurate on that. I wasn't alone, and I can prove it. It's not saying where they've come from, though. 
No, it's not saying where they've come from. That's how their old sons got them. It doesn't say where they've come from, Hachi. You're right. They could have come from anywhere. They could have come from anywhere. they were obtained as part of the dispute resolution. Yes. I think that's established, given that's in the print part of it. But it's very messy, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is to Just to wrap up on that part of the story. I mean, the guy who ended up winning a, a premiership last year and as we are now discovering, was was nearly stood down and even potentially even sacked from from some uh, takes on 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 these conversations that were being had. Yep. Where would you like to go before we finish today? Um, we could go to the Greg Norman involvement with yes. the Saudi golf arrangements. What um, an explosive start. Tell me your views on this. It just doesn't feel right, does it? It it, it just. I get the money side of it, and I, and I suppose the athletes in question who've taken the, the contracts, they, they'll, they'll justify they're doing it for their families and, and all of that, but it just doesn't pass too many, I think, tests on... Do you think the golfers are ethically wrong to be playing? Yeah. Yep. Could you honestly say if you're in the same position... And you had family concerns, and, and that's the thing. The same I, I, I defy as as much as people have got their views, and, and you and I have got views on everything on this show. Um, until you're in that situation yourself, and and yep. the figure that's put across your desk is just too good to ignore. Well, who knows? Who knows? But it just doesn't feel right, does so, it? So, uh, like the counter argument is tough because I, I was trying to think through this. I was fearful you're going to hit me with Spin City on this today, and I was just thought. I better have half a line ready in case you do. We haven't done it for a while. Can I? Can we do Spin City then? Well, I, I don't want to... I haven't prepped this, so obviously. Let's not do it officially because right. I don't want to wholeheartedly commit to this view because yeah. it's not necessarily mine. And Well, what would you say if... if I don't want it to be taken if out you of were context, Greg Norman. <laughs> if you were Greg Norman, what but would a, you say? A couple of things. The, the only counter-argument you can make is this, that the game of golf has underpaid its big athletes for some time. I don't think you can argue that too strongly, but keep going. Well, they get paid a lot of money, but if, if you actually, what's their actual worth? Like there's, you could argue it, that it, it is, you're there for a short time, it's an expensive living to travel around the world and you've got obligations to your family. Opportunity in life, changing money comes along very yeah. rarely in your life. And, op- and you don't know what people have got going in their lives. You don't know whether they've got kids who are sick or challenged or yeah. got problems or you don't know what, yeah. Every individual's person's, yeah. everyone's motivated by something different. And that while that they might hate the human rights issues and be disgusted by it, that they could look to other sports and say, well, there's a World Cup soccer on in Doha. I was going to say that, yeah. Which, and Doha's had a, a checkered in record Qatar. of... Yeah. Qatar, sorry. Had a checkered record of human rights. Yep. There was Olympic Games going in, in China. Beijing. We've, we've got... So every sport's almost caught up in those. Yep. We've got a Grand Prix in Saudi Arabia every every year. Yep. And, and who am I as a golfer who's yeah. been put in a life-changing money position to to start being an expert on these issues and where to draw the line? So, like, how do I be selectively, you know, um, outraged? Yep. So, And then the other thing is what the, what the World Cup would say, not me saying it, but what people there would say is, well – a big event like that forces a nation to look at itself, try and clean itself up and make progress and better steps forward. And you could argue the circus coming through town is a step in the right direction mm. for progress because of the effort that goes into the... Preparation of and the, the, the moving forward. And that's that's the argument around Qatar is... Now, I'm not saying it's mine. 
and I'm not saying I agree with them playing Damo, but I, I think there is a counter-argument that you could potentially ask. Well, clearly in those size deals, they've been asked to sign NDAs on commenting on the Saudi issue. So they, they can't, because none of them are saying I'm, I'm against it. They're all just saying no comment or they're, or they're dodging. So they've clearly got, and that, uh, if you're going to sign someone to a $173 million contract, you're going to ask them not to comment on there. Yeah. So I think they've they've had to sign up to that. What they've done is a pretty poor job of handling it, deflecting it, or answering it. Greg, now, Greg in particular. Yep, and I'm glad you took the uh, the running on that topic because I'm probably not across it as as, as well as I probably should have been before we uh, raised it. I see. But uh, again, I'm not saying that's my view. No, no. I'm yeah. saying that's would be yeah. what the golfers themselves are thinking. Yep. And again, if the moment you, you you scratch beneath the surface on on pretty much anything when it comes to commercial arrangements around sport, you can find an area that is of question. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you didn't need the money, there's no way in hell you'd sign up for it, do it, and put your name against the atrocities of that that country. Yep, I think. And and the Tigers of the world are in a position where they can pick and choose. I don't know what the situation of the other golfers are, but I'm sure there's some there that feel like they've got no choice. Let's head to question of the week. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Damien Alvey on email. Is the AFL missing a trick scheduling one of the buys on the long weekend? Would have loved to have seen at least one more game yesterday, that being Sunday, Twilight or Sunday leading into the public holiday. That's the question. And and for those who uh, are not familiar with the AFL season, uh, this current round of football, the previous one and the next one, three weekends in a row of buy action instead of nine matches per round. There are six, effectively giving each team a buy in that three week period. Um, of course they are, Damien. Of course they are. Yeah. These three split rounds. Are- so what, what what would they be doing? This is your this is your I've said this many times. I don't mean to go over old ground. I'll be playing eight games around every round, not nine. Have three buys a weekend. Everyone gets a break every six, seven weeks. You get more content in. You get your There's Thursday- a math stack up on that. I'm get, just trying you to get, work. You get your Thursday night solved because you can play them regularly. You don't like the crossover games anyway, do you? You think each, each game should slot have its own, real should its own slot? Yeah, yep. of course. Each game should have its own real estate. So yeah, I'm, I'm big on on the split. The sp- I understand the players need a break, but you can break them more regularly. And would you really notice if it was eight games and not nine? You would never notice. No, and again, I think we in the media sometimes uh, make assumptions on what the supporters yep. are thinking. And I don't. I'm not convinced that they actually care too much about the teams other than their own. Sometimes. Yeah, and they're, and they're certainly not the best judge of what to do. No, no, I know that. <laughs> So I'd be saying, and nor nor are the clubs and players, by the way. I'd be saying, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. That was the question of the week uh, for Drinkwise. Hutchie, that was episode 19, series seven of the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.